and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today I will be talking about The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turdon. I don't know. I don't know how to say his last name. And this is the second time that I'm recording this episode because the first time I had like almost a 20 minute plot summary with 10 minutes of me discussing the book. And that doesn't seem like a good idea. So I'm going to try again. It has now been two full weeks since I finished this book. So that means the plot summary should be less involved. However, the book plot hasn't been percolating in my mind as much as it was after I recorded it or when I recorded it the first time. So we'll see. Maybe you won't even hear this version and I will have wasted 35 minutes of my life for nothing. But I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a try and I'm going to jump into it. So this is actually my brother's book and he lent it to me. He gave it five stars. He was like, Emma, you have to read this. Take this back with you and read it. And I said, of course I will read it because I read anything that somebody physically hands to me and asks me to read. It's kind of an issue, but also not because, you know, trading books and reading what your loved ones like uh, is a good thing. But anyways, that's how I ended up getting this book and reading it, which is interesting because I'm not going to say that I was necessarily avoiding this book, but I'll talk about this a little bit later on. The title is just very similar to The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which I also haven't read. And the titles being the same kind of threw me off. I also don't read a lot of mystery either. So that's just kind of all part of it. But we will get more into that later on in the discussion section. So before we start, I must address two things. The first is a spoiler warning. If you don't want the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle to be spoiled, stop here, go read the book. I would actually definitely recommend it and then come back and listen to this episode. I also want to issue some trigger warnings for mentions of rape slash sexual assault, which are not on the page, but they are mentioned general violence sort of warning, kind of violent. And then also I'm going to issue this warning. It's kind of a spoiler, but I'm going to do it anyways. I'm also going to provide a warning for suicide. Um, Basically what's going on in this book is that this man, Aiden Bishop, is wakes up every day in the body of somebody different at this mansion black uh, what was it called again um blackheath mansion castle somewhere manor the manor and he's trying to figure out um this murder of evelyn hardcastle and trying to figure out who did it and he's trying to stop it however he's just supposed to figure out who did it and basically when you get to maybe like 100 150 pages in you find out that it looks like it's a suicide but it's actually not so I don't really know if I should have given that warning. I don't know if it's a spoiler, but I, I gave the spoiler warning first. So if you didn't want spoilers, you would have already clicked off. So I think we're okay. So with that, I'm going to get into the plot summary, which is what really tripped me up last time around. And we're going to do better this time, hopefully. I'm just willing that into existence and hopefully I've willed it hard enough and it will come true. So what I'm going to do is I just kind of explain the basic premise Every day, Aiden Bishop's waking up in a different body. He has eight hosts to figure out what happened. If he doesn't figure it out by the eighth host, he gets reset and has to start all over. 
The first host he wakes up in is Dr. Sebastian Bell. And as Bell, he doesn't remember anything. He literally doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know where he is. He like literally has no memories at all. Very confused. And he wakes up in the middle of the forest. He sees this woman running, screaming, and then hears a gunshot. So he thinks that he this woman has been murdered and he wakes up when he wakes up the only thing he remembers is the name Anna which he screams Anna so he assumes this girl is Anna who is being murdered and he gets lost in the woods and the murderer gives him a compass he uses the compass to find his way back to the manor and once he's there he kind of finds out some stuff like who he is who these people at the party is and he's asking about Anna trying to find her because he's like a girl's been murdered in the woods Nobody knows who Anna is. She's not, no one knows who that is. They're like, there's nobody here by the name of Anna. So he's trying to convince people to go out and look for her. And then he later befriends Evelyn Hardcastle, who at this point, he does not know she's going to be murdered. He doesn't know why he's there, that he's there to solve this murder or anything like that. So he ends up becoming friends with Evelyn. And she is like intrigued by him and willing to go along with this idea of this girl, Anna. And they're trying to figure out who it is. So he or she takes him to this, um, like, there's, like, another smaller house, and there there is a butler and an artist who, the artist beat up the butler earlier in the morning, and they're there to try and talk to the butler, because earlier in the day, or the day before, Belle had gotten a note, and they're trying to figure out what the note said, because they think maybe that's why he was out in the forest. Anyway, so all of that is going on, and then while they're there, Later on, Belle finds this note from Anna saying to meet her in the graveyard at 10.20 p.m. They go and there's nothing, no one's there. So we're like, oh, what's going on? All this different stuff. And then a footman scares Belle with a dead rabbit and he faints. And then he wakes up the next day as the butler, who previously he saw get beat up by the artist and really badly injured. And so as this is going on, he ends up talking to this plague doctor. So Basically, why everybody's being gathered is Evelyn has been off in Paris for the past like 19 years or something like that, because 19 years ago, her younger brother, Thomas, was murdered, and he was supposedly murdered by some guy named Charlie, who was who used to work for them, but was killed. Yeah, Charlie Carver, and then Thomas Hardcastle was the brother who was killed. After that, she was sent to Paris, and now this is a homecoming, but it's also on the anniversary of the death of Thomas, so it's kind of sus. And to celebrate that, they're having this masquerade ball, so basically um, Aiden is, like, convinced that there's a guest here who's, like, just has the Plague Doctor costume, so all this different stuff. So the Plague Doctor's trying to explain to him basically what I told you, that he's there to figure out and whatever, and then that there are two other people there who are also doing the same thing, but they just have one host who they keep repeating over and over again, Anna, and then the footman who has been scaring him. So he now figures this out. After he gets beat up as the butler, he passes out and wakes up in day three in the body of a notable guest, Donald Davies, who's a socialite. And he wakes up at like 3am and he's like, I need to escape from here. So he like gets this car, but he doesn't know how to drive. So he drives really far and the plague doctor's like, you're being ridiculous. You need to take this seriously. The other people are figuring this out faster than you, blah, blah, blah. Then he walks until he passes out. Day four, he wakes up as Lord Cecil Ravencourt. And now he's like, I actually have to take this seriously. And because he befriended Evelyn on day one, he's decided A, that he is going to save Evelyn instead of just figuring out who killed her. He wants to save her so she doesn't die. 
and B, that he's going to try and escape with Anna because Anna has kind of been helping him and helps him more like in these later days. So as Ravencourt, he's this very overweight banker who has a valet named Charles Cunningham. And it's later found out that Charles is actually the illegitimate daughter of Lady Helena Hardcastle, who's Evelyn's mom. Evelyn also has another brother, Michael, who we meet earlier on. And the reason that Evelyn came back, because basically she was going to be cut off. She's like, well, I don't care if I'm cut off. They're like, well, we'll cut off your brother. And her and Michael are very close. So she comes back. So as Ravencourt, he tries to talk to Evelyn and Evelyn does not want to speak to him. And we're like, this is kind of weird. Like, why is that? Also, as Ravencourt, he has the constraint of his body. He can't move that far because of how overweight he is. Anyways, but Ravencourt has a very analytical mind. So he writes this letter and puts it in an encyclopedia for his other host to come visit him. Daniel Coleridge, who we've met previously from day one, who kind of helped Belle, shows up and says that he's the host on his last day, on the eighth day. And it's telling him about Anna, like, don't trust her. She's going to betray you, this other stuff. And like that we need to get after the footman. We need to find the footman and trap him and things like that. So we get some information and like stuff from Daniel. He's like, okay, that'll be one of my future hosts, like whatever. And then as Ravencourt, he finds out that Evelyn has been engaged is getting engaged with him like the parents set this up because basically the family's in a lot of debt he's going to take on that debt but he also doesn't like scandal so he's kind of figuring some stuff out as Ravencourt as Ravencourt he sees Evelyn die and she has this revolver she shoots herself she falls into the pool Michael takes her out of the pool and then the other doctor Dr. Dickey he pronounces her dead so that's how we see as Ravencourt he wakes up day five as Jonathan Derby, who is, this is where these like trigger warnings for sexual assault and rape come in. He is a no good, dirty dog, bad guy who has done all those things in the past and previously assaulted Madeline Albright um, the night before, who is Evelyn Hardcastle's um, maid. And Madeline, that's who was actually running in the forest. It was not Anna, it was Madeline that he saw from that other time. So now, as Derby, he also sees Millicent Derby, who's his mom, who's like, I can't keep digging you out of these things. And she seems to figure something out and later winds up dead. So, hmm, suspicious. We're like, why was she murdered? We don't know. Also, during this whole time, Michael, no, Peter and Helena Hardcastle, the parents, the host, have been missing this whole time. We're trying to find them. Nobody can find them. We don't know what's going on. Day six is dance who is like this older man who is like, oh, okay, wait. So as day five, he's trying to figure out if he can change things as um, Derby. So he ends up like standing at this rock and he had changed things and they stop Michael and we see somebody else pull Evelyn out from the pool. So things can change between days. That's the important thing we learned there. As dance, we find out that a lot of these different men are being blackmailed by Ted Stanwin, who used to be, um, he used to work for the Hardcastles and he's the one who found Thomas and found Charlie Carver like murdering him basically and shot at the accomplice. And so he was promoted and now he's blackmailing all these different people. And so we learn a lot of secrets and things like that. He ends up being killed by the footman on the hunt in the middle of the day. But now before he sees Daniel, 
murder Stanwin to steal his ledger so that he could read the secrets in the blackmail and take over that business. Day seven is Jim Rashton, the police officer. However, at this point, we have learned from Anna that um, the art guy, Gold, Gregory Gold, is one of his other hosts. And so that means Daniel is a liar and Daniel is not a host. It turns out Daniel is one of the other people trapped there, not the footman. The footman is just somebody on his payroll. So um, Jim Rashton is a police officer. So now he's able, as Jim Rashton, to put together the pieces of evidence. And he realizes by doing some investigation, blah, 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 I'm skipping over stuff, that Evelyn is like being forced to like kill herself. We learn this from these other perspectives. So he trades out the gun that she's going to be using and some other stuff. Um, also, Peter is murdered and we're pretty sure that Michael did it at this point. Anyways, so what ends up happening is so this whole thing was supposed to be a stage suicide where Evelyn pretends to die to get out of having to marry Ravencourt and then leave. So Michael, like, basically it turns out Michael's the one who's trying to kill Evelyn because um, of inheritance stuff like that. I don't remember exactly. So basically what would happen is he was going to take her out of the water and the fireworks go off at 11 o'clock. So she dies exactly at 11 every night. And there was a second gun that he would then shoot her with. But because they traded out the guns, neither gun is loaded. So he cannot shoot her. However, so Rashton brings her body to like the sunroom. Michael comes, he hides. Michael comes and then tries to like suffocate and kill Evelyn because she took some sort of like muscle relaxant that like made it seem like she was dead, but she wasn't actually dead. Rashton comes out and is like confronting him, getting Michael to confess, being like, and you killed your father too, didn't you? And he's like, what? I didn't kill my dad. What are you talking about? But then Michael dies. And he previously from like another host from Gold has like this note, like you need these medicines. And so basically he's able to save one of them. It turns out that the drink that Evelyn had drank earlier was poison. Michael drank the rest of it when she was when he was there. So they both die. But Ration gives the drink to Evelyn. Um, so she's like going to survive. But then he leaves because there's this trap set up for um, the doctor or I guess that's actually the end of Rashton, but then he wakes up when he, because he didn't finish out the days in host two and three, he goes back to them, back and forth, blah, blah, blah. So he's back in host three. In host two, he's basically just having lots of conversations with Anna. Um, Host three, he comes, they set up this whole trap. He almost dies, but Anna saves him. So there's this whole subplot that basically Bishop chose to go in there for some reason. We know it's about some woman not being able to save somebody, but we don't know exactly what. But the other two people there, Anna and Daniel, were sentenced there. And we learned this from um, the plague doctor guy. And he's like, ends up revealing that the reason he came back was because he was going to save, was because he wanted to torture Anna because she used to be her name in the real world is Annabelle Calkin and she was like this cult leader and she murdered a bunch of people and she murdered his sister but he's like become this new person there he obviously doesn't remember any of this so he's like she's changed and because of that he's like convinced like okay on the eighth day we have to change this so 
Previously, Gold was raving and mad because he was tortured in day three, which made him crazy on day eight. However, that didn't happen because they changed everything. So he's now able to put everything together. So he proves who it is. The plague doctor's like, you can leave. He's like, no, I'm not without Anna. So then they're like trying to put together some other stuff. He goes to try and find Helena Hardcastle. And it turns out she was murdered. And do you know who she was murdered by? Evelyn Hardcastle. But... It turns out that the Evelyn that we've known the entire book is not actually Evelyn. Madeline Albright is Evelyn. And the Evelyn we know is some sort of like actress they brought back from France whose name is like Francesca or something. Earlier in the book, there were like notes talking about Francesca, but we can never figure out who she was. So it turns out that Evelyn is actually Madeline. And that that is why Thomas was actually going to kill Evelyn because they didn't want anybody to know. So the whole thing was to stage the death. That's also why Millicent Derby was killed because she knew that Evelyn wasn't actually Evelyn because she like, and that's also why Gold, the artist, was there. He was brought to touch up the painting so everybody didn't know. We find out that the real Evelyn killed Thomas Hardcastle however many years ago because there's the, a subplot like, buried in there that basically the week before Thomas dies another boy was killed or just went missing nobody ever found him Evelyn had been hanging out with him that day he showed her these caves he fell in a hole and he could have been saved except she just left and didn't tell anybody and it turns out Thomas saw that she was in the cave so in order to keep that secret she killed him however Helena and Charles or Charlie showed up and saw what happened and Charlie took the fall, and it turns out that all of the Hardcastles are actually Charlie's children, not Peter Hardcastle's children, which is why they did that. Evelyn just hates her parents, so that's why she murdered both of them. And then they Anna ends up saving them and putting it all together, and both of them leave. And at the end, they decide that they don't want their former lives, so they're going to go out without their memories. And there we go. So that was still very long. However, I think that was better than last time. So I think I'll probably be using this take. So let's get into the discussion section. So I want to talk kind of about the jail system. So basically, like, in this world, the reason why Anna and Daniel were trapped there was that was their prison sentence. So this is like some sort of, like, dystopian sci-fi world, like, future world, where instead of just going to a regular prison like we have now, Based on the level of your crime, you get sentenced to kind of a virtual reality prison where you like go and you repeat the day over and over again to try and figure out a crime. And so the plague doctor talks about like kind of some other places that exist and saying that the Blackheath Manor is like the worst of all of them. And like only the people who commit the worst crimes of all go there, which is why only two people have been sentenced there. Aiden chose to go there because he felt like that was too light of a sentence for this woman who killed his sister. And so he's going there to torture her. And we find out that he really did do that in previous lives. But the more times you repeat your cycle, the less you remember of your previous life, if that makes sense. And so this is a very interesting idea about what jail could look like. So the idea behind this is kind of rehabilitation in a way, because basically this idea is that the only way you'd be able to figure out the murder is if you can like become a better person and that you care about them. So like when we see Daniel, for example, he does not become a better person because he has been picking off Aiden's host one by one through the footmen. He kills other people, like he killed Stan Wynn, like all this other stuff. And so like, 
it makes sense that he's not able to figure out the answer because he's not growing as a person is kind of the idea behind this. But it is like very dystopian to think that like prison in the future is your literal stuck in this virtual reality world. Like I do wonder, it must be some sort of virtual reality technology because Aiden talks about he was trapped there for 30 years. 30 years. So Anna must have also been there for about 30 years because he probably went in pretty close after to when she did. But he's like, when I leave, like, will I have grandchildren? Like, he has no idea. And he's choosing not to remember his previous life. So he's no idea what family he left behind to come do this. And so, like, he also talks about, like, his body must have aged, but he doesn't know. And, like, I don't know. So it's kind of, like, weird. I don't really like that idea of jail. Especially, like, if you've read this book or if you read this book, like, from my description, it doesn't sound, like, as torturous as it is when you read the book. Like, these people are literally kind of being tortured. Like, Aiden's killed multiple times. Multiple of his hosts are killed. And he, like, feels that. And he also feels the, like, fear and all this other stuff. So, for that to be, like, real, like, new prison, don't love that. So, that's kind of the idea of the jail system that Stuart Turden is playing around with. He, likes there's, like, a section conversation with the author section let's see the board says like in 100 years do you believe there'll be something similar to blackheath and would you support such a system he says yes and not exactly like he thinks that something like this might happen but he doesn't think that he thinks that the system could be abused so it's probably a bad idea so he would not support it so it's kind of interesting well we'll just have to take stock in 100 years and see if this prison system exists or if prison even exists. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Now that we talked about that, let's kind of get into some of the more surface level stuff. First, talking about the story behind reading it. I kind of like touched on this earlier that I was hesitant to pick this book up only because the title is so close to the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I was like, is someone copying somebody? Like what is going on here? We have seven, we have Evelyn, we have H. The way that the titles are structured are exactly the same. We're just plugging in deaths and husbands and it's the same thing. Like it feels really weird. Like it's, a, I think it is a coincidence that they end up having almost the same title. So like the seven and a half deaths, that's the US title in the UK. It's just the seven deaths. I think it's just the seven deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle in the UK. So, and they changed it in the U.S. There's, like, I did a little bit of research on this, and the reason they changed it is because it is so similar to the Evelyn Hugo title. And so, like, and this, I've not read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, but it's, like, huge. It's probably one of the biggest books of, like, the past, like, five to ten years. Like, if you talk to somebody who's connected to the book community, it would be shocking if they had never heard of that book. I'm, I feel like there's still a good amount of people who haven't read it, me included. However, people have heard of it. So I did a little bit of research and the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo came out about a year before the Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. However, if you're reading like the background information about the Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, like this man was writing this book for literal years. And so like the title probably already existed before that, which is why I don't think there's like any sort of like weirdness about like copying or anything like that. The books are also very different plot wise. 
So I don't think there's any plagiarism concerns there. It's just very interesting that they are both Evelyn H's and that the number seven is also used by both of them. I think in this case, the reason why is based on the days, but we'll get into that as well. Actually, let's just get into that right now. So there's also a discussion question section at the end of this book. And the very first question, the only question really that intrigued me at all, because how many questions were there? There was like 13, but really only number one was interesting to me. And it really made me think, and it is, what or who do you think are the deaths in the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle prior to this question? And then where does the half death enter the narrative? Prior to this question, I was convinced that it was called the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle because she died set, set the first seven days and they saved her on the eighth day. Like that's like kind of before finishing it, before getting to that discussion question. That's what I assumed. I was like, well, obviously the seven and a half deaths are just because she dies seven and a half times. And like, if you think about the UK title, it's just the seven deaths. So it makes even more sense because she dies the first seven days, but not the eighth day. However, after reading that discussion question, I was like, well, that's clearly not the case because if that's the answer, then that would not be a discussion question. So I got to thinking and I came up with two theories, um, but I don't remember what the first less good theory was. So I'm just going to share my second theory that I think is actually right. And I think that the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle are the seven and a half people that Evelyn Hardcastle killed. So let's go through them. Madeline Albright, the fake Evelyn. Wait, that's the half death. Okay, wait, okay, okay, wait. Let's start over. Okay, so she kills both her parents, Peter and Helena Hardcastle. Her brother ends up getting murdered, not by, technically because of her, because she's the one who poisons the drink that Evelyn, the fake Evelyn drinks, and her brother drinks it because she didn't tell him that, but she didn't mean to kill her brother, but Michael does die. She kills Millicent Derby. She killed Thomas, her brother Thomas, like all that time ago. She killed that other boy from the caves. That's six. Um, she ends up dying. Wait, does she end up dying? Does she end up dying? Oh, she does end up dying because, okay, the Felicity is the fake Evelyn. Because she doesn't die, she shows up and then shoots Evelyn to stop Evelyn from killing them. Okay. And Felicity almost dies, but doesn't. So that's the other half. I think that's how, I think that's seven and a half deaths. I think that's probably what they are referring to. The seven and a half people that Evelyn Hardcastle was responsible for killing herself included because her actions led to her own death. However, I could be forgetting some other people who died. Oh, I remember what my original thought process was about like who these seven and a half deaths were. Originally, I was like, well, they must just be people from like this time. So then that wouldn't include Thomas or the cave guy or the cave boy. So I included Stanwin because he dies. And I guess like some of the hosts of Aiden's hosts also die. I don't know. But it's an interesting question to think about. Also, the idea of what are the deaths, not just who. So I don't know. The what, I didn't really think about. I was just thinking about who. But if you guys have other ideas or theories about who the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Howard Kessel are, please let me know. That is the most intriguing question 
I think about this book because the book in whole was very intriguing, very interesting, definitely kept me on my toes. But that's what kept me thinking after I read the book because when you finish the book, it ties things up pretty nicely. Like you, you, I definitely didn't see a lot of it coming, which I'm about to talk about. However, it definitely helps. By the end, I understand kind of what's going on. And so there we go. Uh, Let's talk about the end a little bit more before I get to my did I guess the plot twists part. And so like at the end, both Aiden and Anna choose not to remember their prior lives. But there's like this weird part at the end where Aiden is basically like, I don't want to remember like who I was before this. But he's also like, I can't wait to escape Blackheath and not have to think about this. So then I'm like, well, then who are you? Because are you trying to not remember this like past eight days? And you don't want to remember your previous life, so you're going to start over as basically Sebastian Bell again? Oh, I forgot to say also, every time he was in a host, he took on, like, their personality traits. Anyways, so that was confusing to me. I was like, I don't understand how that works. I also think it'll be interesting because basically the plague doctor warns him, like, bro, if you do this if you help Anna leave and she leaves like you're gonna be on the run for the rest of your life because people still hate her because she was evil prior to this time in Blackheath and she does actually change as a person however the rest of the world is not gonna know that so I don't know like probably saving Anna was the right thing to do because they were partners trying to figure this all out throughout it however the other thing is she like, are you, is your, will your life be better than Blackheath because you're going to be hunted by the entire world? Like, I don't know how well you're going to be doing at staying off the grid. I don't know. Lots of questions there. <sighs> I guess the one other thing to say about the end is like the thematic message of this book is like pretty prevalent here in these last few lines. Um, this idea. So he's like talking about like leaving, like how he doesn't have to like do these things. He's going to have the luxury of like being himself and living life without murder, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, basically, tomorrow is can be whatever I want it to be, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, a chance to be braver or kinder, to make what was wrong right, to be better than I am today. Every day after this one is a gift. I just have to keep walking until I get there because they're like walking to leave Blackheath. So the thematic message of this book is that Every day you have the chance to be a better person, which is so funny because like you don't see that really coming and then it just really does hit you right over the head. And in the conversations with the authors um, section, it says like, is there a moral lesson to Aiden's story or any conclusion you hope the reader walks away with as they turn the final page? And he says, don't be a dick. And then there's some other stuff, but just like this idea that like the whole idea. So you're having so much fun as you're reading this, but then what you're supposed to take away is be a good person. Also, you can change to be a better person. So who would have guessed that would be the thematic message of this crazy book? So speaking of this crazy book, let's talk about my final point. I guess I have one other point that I think this would be an amazing TV adaptation. Like somebody get the rights, turn this into a TV show, a limited series. It would be insane and it would be great. This This is, like, the kind of, like, I don't really, like, read a lot of mystery or watch, like, a lot of mystery shows or movies, but this is the kind that, like, I love because it's just so, such a tight narrative and, like, it makes sense. So, going to these plot twists, 
I identified four major plot twists. Michael as the killer, Daniel not being a host, Madeline being Evelyn, and Anna being evil. So, of these four, I said two, as of two weeks ago that I was able to guess one of them. The one I was able to guess was that Michael was the killer. I don't know why, especially now two weeks out, but like, he was suspicious. I did not trust him, and I thought he had something to do with it, and it turns out I was right. However, I wasn't entirely right because I didn't understand that he wasn't actually trying to kill his sister. That's why, like, as I was explaining it in the plot section, I was, like, confusedly making my way through this idea of why he wanted to kill her. But anyways, Daniel not being a host. Two weeks out, I have, like, the benefit of, like, hindsight and that now I'm like it actually makes so much sense because if Daniel was one of his hosts and there's this idea that all eight of his hosts are living the day at the same time which we know is not true because as Derby he sees that the day changed from when he was Ravencourt so I should have seen it coming that Daniel was not actually a further future host I also think that it makes sense that he's not a future host because like as dance when he sees Daniel like kill Stanwin like he's like I'm not gonna murder somebody how messed up do I get three days from now so the seeds were planted I didn't see it coming but I realized that I should have Anna as evil I did not see coming I like don't know what I thought I thought people like like, it was a Hunger Games situation of people, like, being randomly drawn to go there or she was kidnapped and sent here. I thought the whole reason Aiden was there was to save Anna, but it turns out he was there to torture her, so that I did not see coming. And finally, Madeline actually being Evelyn Hardcastle, I did not see that coming. I would have never been able... That was insane. Like, I didn't pick up on it at all until it was revealed. Like, literally, you know, sometimes on these, like, with the Daniel one, I put it together, like, maybe a page before it's revealed, the Madeline as Evelyn, that that one shocked me. I did not see it coming. I had literally no idea that it was coming. And it was great. It really made the story make a lot more sense. And with that, it's time for me to go. I'm going to leave you with those plot twists and if I was able to figure them out. Were you able to figure them out? If you were... Let me know by A, DMing me on Instagram at I read a book once blog. While you're there, give me a follow. Encourage me to continue to post on Instagram because I hate posting on Instagram. Or if you also don't like it, I like Instagram. I just don't like posting and using hashtags on Instagram. I just like scrolling. But you could also send me an email at I read a book once blog at gmail.com and let me know your thoughts, feelings, opinions, concerns, questions on this book, this episode, or this podcast. Also, please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast on whatever podcast platform you use, if that's an option. It will help other people find my podcast, and it would just mean so much to me. And if you do that, I will shout you out. Finally, next week, I will be talking about Breaking Time by Sasha Alsberg. This was the book that I talked about in my Mid-Year Freakout tag, which if you didn't listen to that episode, you definitely should. It gives you an idea kind of of the things that I have been reading and want to read later on in the year. And this is the book I talked about as being like what I'm really excited to read in the second half of the year, something that I want to get to. And I'm not going to spoil it. I have read it. I'm about to go record this episode following it. I've got thoughts. So make sure you tune in because it's going to be a good time next week as I talk about it. 
Um, and with that, my name is Emma. This is I Read a Book Once, and I'll catch you guys next time.